This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Back home again within the friendly confines of our very nice, still relatively posh studio that the Blaze put together for us last year. I am Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. He's Aaron McIntyre. The three of us have not been together that often here in the last week, so good to see you guys again. Good to see you wearing the swag there, Mr. Erzin. Appreciate that. Oh, I love this shirt. Absolutely. Uh, it's a great way to segue to a reminder that Nefarious has hit streaming now. PVOD is the initial window. You can get it right now at uh, YouTube and Google Play, same company. By the way, we're number three. Nefarious is number three amongst best-selling movies right now at YouTube. Behind the Super Mario Brothers movie and John Wick 4 and just ahead of Spider-Man Into the, uh, the Spider-Verse, the first animated one. The sequel's out now, which just totally blows my mind. Someone sent me a, a tweet the, over the weekend. What is it like to see your little independent movie listed with these, you know, blockbuster behemoths and I'm it's it's kind of surreal. I don't you know, it's like this is not really happening to me, but somebody else. Nevertheless, it is out now on Vudu as well as Apple and iTunes, Dish, uh Salem Now. I think we were the number one uh movie uh for Salem on their platform over the weekend. We are still working on our issues with Amazon. I would tell you what they were, but it's just it's just demonic, bro. We're hoping at some point here in the next couple of days that they might actually be ironed out. We shall see. Maybe the sales numbers at these other platforms may convince them that uh, they need to make this work. Who knows? Yeah, I think you should look back at the numbers because we talked about it at the time. But, um, Midnight Mass, Messiah, you know how those did Because those were top of the charts, weren't they? I mean, mm -hmm. I think this. all the people interested in those are going to come across this, whether they've heard about Steve Dace or not. I think they're going to watch it. I saw one place rate Nefarious this morning, 8th among all movies available on every digital platform. Mm -hmm. uh, so they came up with a, a, a compilation of Vudu, Apple iTunes, Amazon, which we're not even on, uh, and, and YouTube. So a, a, a combination of those, the big ones, the biggest ones. And we were number eight. And when you consider we're not even on one of those platforms, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Now, I, here's the thing. It's not like box office numbers where, there's like, where there are free websites you can go to and actually follow the returns in real time. And I can tell you now, having seen box office returns for real, they're pretty accurate. There is nothing like that for the streaming stuff. It's all very secretive, very proprietary. So I guess we'll find out in about 60, 90 days when the checks for this time period start coming in, what these numbers actually mean. I don't know what they mean. Okay. I just know it doesn't suck to be on the largest search engine on the planet listed among John Wick 4, Super Mario Brothers, and, Spi and, and Spider-Man. I, I don't know what, it, what, it, what, it, what value that is. I just know it has some value. And that's where we are right, right. now. So I appreciate that. So you can get, uh, if you've been waiting, uh, you can get it on PVOD now. Thank you. Uh, also want to let you know, um, I, I was in Boise over the weekend at a medical freedom conference. And man, um, 
what a phenomenal um, weekend. Uh, just getting a chance to meet so many patriots, encouraged by so many people. Um, just a long line of people who came to the book signing that we had uh, for Rise of the Fourth Reich. And people who are just, you know, you encouraged me to stand tall. And I'm like, dude, you guys are inspiring me. All, all I risked was getting banned off social media platforms. I mean, I, I ran into people who risked lifetime, lifelong military careers. Uh, I ran into a woman who risked her, her career as a fireman. Um, numerous people I talked to and met this past weekend who took a stand against the poison poke and against what went on these last few years and, and talked about the role that, uh, that our show played in inspiring them. And I just want you guys to know, and I said this to them individually, and I want to say it corporately to the audience. You guys are inspiring us. Mm-hmm. We sit in here and talk to ourselves and amongst ourselves for a couple of hours every day. And there are, there are numbers and metrics we can look at that show lots of people are tuned in. But, but we don't really know the impact it has until we get out into the country and meet people like you. And sometimes it feels like we're talking about the same things over and over again, the same complaints and laments over and over again. And, and we can get discouraged. And you can probably hear that in our voices at times. We're human too, you know? Um, it's incredibly encouraging to see that there are still 7,000 in Israel who have not taken the knee to bail yet, to meet the remnant, to meet them in person. I came away, yeah. despite how incredibly difficult it is to fly from to Boise, Idaho, uh, I, I came away from the We the Patriots USA banquet very, very encouraged. I, had a, uh, I got to have dinner for about two hours with our good friend Peter McCullough on Friday night. I will keep much of that conversation. Uh, private, uh, because it was very candid, um, and got to learn a little bit more about what makes him tick, you know, but, um, it was truly a great weekend and I was just honored to be a part of it. Having been to two of those medical freedom conferences in Des Moines, and I told you about, I mean, it's in the, they're always in the heart of football season, but how much you'd like it. I think you know now if our, if our churches collectively were as primed and ready as those medical freedom conferences no doubt. are, no doubt. this would be a different culture because the, the, the real thing, the tip of the spear is happening at those. And it's very faith-filled mm-hmm. as well. I completely agree. I completely agree. Uh, and that's a good segue to talk about our first partner that's uh, up on the lineup for today, Jace Medical, because it's just this whole weekend was a reminder mm-hmm. of just not letting yourself, you, we just can't aff- I mean, I would have, I was always a contrarian from the day I got into this business, viewed myself as more of an independent conservative from the day I got into this business, terrorized the Republican Party as I do now from the day I got into this business. But I just, and you know, working next to me, you know, I, I know you had your kind of beliefs on some of this stuff, and I still don't know how many, how much of them I buy in totally. Okay. But we're getting there, though. <laughs> they're, they're getting me there. <laughs> they are getting me there. Yes. But I, I, I just, my brain just had to say, I just have to rely on people that are quote unquote experts on something. I just can't know everything. I can't be everywhere. I can't do everything. And so I think a lot of us did that with our healthcare for an indeterminate amount of time and then paid a very steep price for that beginning March 16th of 2020. And that's where our friends at Jace Medical come in. They've been offering the Jace case so that you have uh, venerable antibiotics, you know, medications. How about... Is venerable winning a Nobel Prize? Would that be considered a venerable medication? If you won a Nobel Prize, you saved tens of thousands, of hundreds did, of thousands yes. of lives. Well, that was a drug called ivermectin. And then they tried to tell you it was horse paste and it was dangerous. 
right? Would venerable venerable be a drug that was uh, on the market over the counter or over the or, or uh, available for prescription for about uh, ten bucks a box, ten cents a pill for about sixty years? Would that be considered a venerable uh, medication? Yeah, it would seem. That would be hydroxychloroquine, which they then told you was dangerous. It didn't work. So who knows when the next one was? And that's what the Jace case is for. Well, now they have expanded their portfolio. You can get now a 12-month supply of your prescription medication, the stuff that you really need to know that should Let's Go Brandon happen here again, whether it's cholesterol, diabetes, heart health, blood pressure, even mental health, uh, you are prepared with our friends at Jace Medical. Get the peace of mind of knowing that you are in control of your health, not the people who want to control you. Uh, Enter the code DACE at checkout for a discount with your order. Promo code D-E-A-C-E at jacemedical.com. J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Once again, that's jacemedical.com. All right, coming up on the show today, Bob Vanderplas will join us at the bottom of this hour. Ask me anything next hour, but let's begin with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by campaign season. Florida governor and GOP presidential hopeful Ron DeSantis wrapped up his first campaign tour twice, traveling to Iowa, as well as making swings through New Hampshire and South Carolina. During a stop in the latter state, a lefty heckler attempted to derail his speech. There's bad stuff that's getting into the schools. There's pornography that's getting into the schools. So the parents have had to blow the whistle in Florida. They've had to, they've had to, yeah, well, thank you, thank you. Um, we, we, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to let you impose an agenda on our kids. We're going to stand up for our kids. We're going to make sure to do it right. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. Those people like that in Florida are the people we beat every single day on policy. We do not let them win. We win all these battles. We're not letting them indoctrinate our kids. Not on our watch. Meanwhile, Donald Trump took to Truth Social to congratulate North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un, as well as to declare his supporters are not Americans. Instead, they're something called Magadonians. Also, GOP presidential hopeful Vivek Ramaswamy is back out there doing stuff. He was on ABC News this week over the weekend where he had this to say about trainees in the military. Would you reinstate the ban on transgender members of the military? I would not reinstate a ban on transgender members. I would, however, be very clear that for kids, that's where my policies are very focused. We should not be foisting this ideology onto children. But, but you would not ban transgender members of the military? I would not. Okay. Thanks for joining us. He also made the following claim on Twitter. Ron DeSantis signed a hate speech bill earlier this year at his donor's request. I respectfully disagree. The right answer to bad speech isn't less speech. It's more speech. That's the American way. Vivek was quickly corrected via community notes on Twitter, which reminded users that the law DeSantis signed didn't prohibit so-called hate speech. It merely prohibited willful and maliciously harassing or threatening or intimidating another person based on religion and certain actions done for the purpose of threatening or intimidating a resident on their private property. Vivek then doubled down, saying, This is an unbelievable move by Twitter to shield Ron DeSantis from legitimate criticisms of his policies, blah, blah, blah. That double down was also given the Community Notes treatment, with users being reminded that Community Notes are written and voted on by Twitter users. So there's that goodness. Furthermore, Nikki Haley did a town hall on CNN where she praised Ron DeSantis for bucking his donors at Disney. Of course, she didn't think she was praising Ron DeSantis, but that's exactly what she did. Here you have a woke company. They've been woke for years. I remember when Disney went after President Trump for immigration. This is nothing new. 
So here you have DeSantis, who accepted 50,000 in political contributions from Disney. He went and put their executives and their lobbyists on prominent boards throughout Florida. And he went and basically gave the highest corporate subsidies in Florida history to Disney. But because they went and criticized him, now he's going to spend taxpayer dollars on a lawsuit. Moving on, meet Joe Biden's pick to head up the CDC, former North Carolina health chief Mandy Cohen, who in recently surfaced video describes how she went about making decisions about who to shut down or muzzle during COVID. So I would call, probably the person I called most was the Secretary of Health and Human Services in Massachusetts. She worked for a Republican governor just to, um, but you know, when she was like, are you, are you gonna let them have professional um, uh, football? And I was really like, nope. And she's like, okay, neither are we, neither are we. Uh, <laughs> so um, so uh, you know, it was like conversations like that. So, or, or I'd be like, so when are you gonna think about lightening up a mess? They were like, so you're like, next Monday. I'm like, okay, next Monday. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey put out a lengthy Twitter thread late last week regarding the state's suit against the Biden administration over allegations that the White House pressured and coerced big tech companies to censor free speech. The Twitter thread details a court proceeding in which the judge presiding over the case asks the defense, see that as the White House's lawyers, a series of inconvenient questions. Here are a few of the highlights or lowlights. The judge questioned the feds on several hypotheticals, asking if the First Amendment applied. He asked if an American citizen questioning the safety or efficacy of masks or a vaccine was protected under the First Amendment. The feds answer, it could be, but often won't be. The judge also asked Biden's lawyers if the First Amendment covered Americans' right to say that the Biden administration is responsible for high gas prices and inflation. Their answer, again, it depends. The judge also asked them if the First Amendment applied to Americans' right to say that the 2020 election was stolen. And their answer, again, it depends. In other words, the lawyers representing the Biden White House are just unashamedly telling a federal judge in federal court the First Amendment isn't worth the paper it's written on. Cool. And finally, late last week at a DeSantis event in New Hampshire, this elderly lady showed up to that event in 100-degree heat in order to protest DeSantis by waving a Trump flag. Real America's Voice correspondent Heather Mullins caught up with her. All right, so tell us what happened today. You came out here, and I think it was like 100-degree weather. DeSantis is speaking in there, but you came out here to support President Trump. Tell us what happened. I love President Trump. It's Trump. thousand percent I'm President Trump. I came here for him because I, I support him. I love him. Um, and, I, I, yeah, the weather got to me. But I don't want to go home. But the medics are telling me I should go home. I want to stay for Trump. And Mr. President, I love you. And I, I'm, I'm, I will do this again for you. Amazing. Thank you so much. What was, you. Your, what was your name and where are you from? It's Di Lothra from Nashua. Bye from guys. Nashua. Right on. New and Hampshire I, voter. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the, the city captain for Trump in Nashua. Awesome. Amazing. Standing out here in this heat, it's yeah. not uncommon for Trump supporters to weather any weather to support him. So thank yeah. you so much. We appreciate you. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage is brought to you by our friends over at Bambi. When running a business, your employees can create all kinds of interesting situations. Um, and that's why you want to make sure you've got access to a dedicated human resource manager. And what if I told you, as a small business, you could.
for as little as $99 a month. And it's month to month. You won't get locked in to some long-term contract. $99 a month, whether you need them available by phone, email, real-time chat for anything from onboarding and termination. So they all run smoothly, changing HR regulations. Make sure you stay compliant. Make sure you don't let Brandon in the back door of your business. All right. Have it locked down from an HR standpoint with our friends over at Bambi. And hey, it's expensive if you're a small business owner. Uh, Human resource managers can easily cost about 80 grand a year. How about just 99 bucks a month, though? Month to month. Just 99 bucks a month, month to month. Schedule your free conversation today. See how much Bambi can take off of your plate. B-A-M-B-E-E dot com. Bam and B. B-A-M-B-E-E dot com. And under podcast, when you sign up, type in Steve Dace. Under podcast, when you sign up, type in Steve Dace at Bambi.com. All right, coming up in today's overtime, we have done this with everybody so far that has announced. We have taken a Twitter poll and asked you, our Twitter following, what one word best describes your thoughts on this person as a 2024 presidential candidate. It is Ron DeSantis' turn, and we will have that conversation later today in the overtime. For Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com slash dace, that's Blaze TV dot com slash d-e-a-c-e and if you're not yet a blaze tv subscriber and you want to make sure you don't miss any of the exclusive content we do each day on blaze tv blaze tv.com slash days is also where you can go to sign up for just ten dollars a month at blaze tv.com slash days can you can someone help me with the nikki haley messaging i i don't understand it i i don't i don't understand who the audience is for this so I mean, like I can I can foresee things that Trump would say on a debate stage to DeSantis that I think would be very difficult for DeSantis to react to. Like, I think if Trump were to abandon his campaign's current plan, which is just lying daily and getting busted on community notes, by the way, community notes are Twitter users, folks. Just so you guys know, you're being told there's like some cabal of fact checkers. This is not Facebook. Yeah, it's not Facebook. These are Twitter users. And you can you can go in, by the way, and ratio the community notes. I've done this before. Like they've, they've had community notes that have said that, uh, that well, the vaccines aren't dangerous because CDC says so. And I've gone in there and, and disagreed with a community note and ratioed it and encouraged people to follow me in a ratio. I mean, so you can, you can, it's a demo, it's a dem, it's a fully democratized process. It, it's not like some group of fake checkers that are slapping these on. Uh, Twitter users use them and then Twitter users get to determine whether they find them helpful or not. Okay. So, you know, if the Trump team were to abandon its current strategy of getting its pants pulled down by uh, Twitter notes daily because they're just so blatantly lying about things that it's just obvious. And instead, if they were the first time they're on the debate stage, if Trump were just to look at Ron DeSantis and say, Ron, you did a great job and you're doing a great job as governor. And I'm not surprised. That's why I handpicked you and help and, and, you know, got you elected. Um, And I think that's probably why I ought to stay there. I mean, why wouldn't we give voters a two for one deal? Why would we take you out of our most important swing state when you can have me in the White House and you in Florida at the exact same time? You know, I'll drain the swamp. You lead the you, you lead the Republican governors and let's go make America great again. Like, I, I have no idea what Ron DeSantis would say to that. Like, I've, I've game planned that out in my head. Like, if I because that's how I roll, you know, just if I were on his campaign, how would I prep for that? Because I've done debate prep for a presidential candidate. So I have some experience with it, you know, trying to game plan, you know, scenarios and situations and how you might react. I have no idea. Do you know how to react? How I would react? How you'd react to that if you're Ron DeSantis? I mean, that would be the ultimate big boy play. Don't you think? I think it would be. I don't, I don't know how he'd react to that. Do you have a, Do you have an idea? I, 
just would simply point uh, back to like DeSantis did recently with you had four years. This is, you know, he just did it recently about, yeah. about a different. It's, it's, but that, it's, I, you I go agree, back to that. I no agree that, what that the, I agree he would go back to that. But it's that's a more effective deflection when Trump is being petty and dishonest than when he's being magnanimous. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But 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 you're right. It's that would be his only move. I don't know how good of a move it would be, you know, but I think that would be a strong boss play by Donald Trump. I know how Ron DeSantis is going to react to Nikki Haley saying this in a debate. He's going to look at her and say, so let me get this straight. You're you're wasting everybody's time by pointing out that. If you donate money to me and I I'm even appoint you on boards and you do something I don't agree with. I'm going to forget all that and punish you anyway. That is my literal campaign narrative. That's his entire campaign narrative. Isn't and, and also when Haley says, well, they attacked Ron, that's not what happened. Disney lobbied DeSantis and opposed him for stopping groomers in schools. All right. This wasn't like they, they didn't like some state dinner. It's not yeah, something well, personal. OK, this is they were he got he he was ending grooming in schools and Disney lobbied him to stop it. So the idea that this was some personal acts is just beyond ridiculous. But I have no... Who is the Republican Party audience for, hey, this guy takes money from corporations and won't do what they tell him to? Because by implication, Aaron, is Nikki Haley mm-hmm. not then also saying, well, I will take money from corporations and do what they tell me to do? Isn't that, isn't that what she's saying? Remember, Nikki Haley was the one who advocated on doing backroom deals with woke megacorps as a way of... Yes, right. Nothing says America yes. first about that. I don't know if you saw this as well. We have some breaking news that just happened in the last eight minutes. Chris Sununu, governor of New Hampshire, is on CNN saying he will not be running for president. Now, that's big news. That's big news because that means the New Hampshire primary now is fully open for business. There will be there will not be a favorite son candidate there. So Iowa and New Hampshire will kind of resume their combo package opening uh, appetizer on the menu of uh, the, the caucus cycle. Your question, though, about... Who is the Republican Party vote? Uh, I think it opens up the question just how many grifters are in this party instead of citizens. And I think the number is high. I I agree it's high. I don't think it's high in a place like this. I've never been to New Hampshire. I I can't speak for that place, you know, but I I know this place pretty well. And I just, I guess the the audience for that must be very high in South Carolina. She got elected governor a few times, you know, so, but there's not much of an audience for that in Iowa. Um, On, on Vivek with the trannies, there, there's, there's two, I think, important things here to point out. Now, number one, do not give insane people access to devastating weaponry. And anyone who is willing to mutilate themselves is insane. And no sane country would do this nor rely on such broken psyches to be their line of defense in any way, shape, or form. And that's before we even get to, the, to other questions like, do we really want Corporal Klingler out there being the, uh, the mascot for our enemies to think of when, they, when, they, when the, the topic of the United States military comes up? All right, do we want, is it a good idea for, for Pyongyang and Beijing to think, yeah, maybe we're not so afraid of the charge in the light and the loafers brigade. It, it, before we even get to that question, which is a very, I think, important question. I mean, 
what military in human history is ever before ours, of course, has ever openly advertised itself as being light in the loafers. No military ever has until ours ever. But before we even get to that, it's as simple as this. We don't give insane people willing to mutilate themselves access to devastating weaponry and rely on them, uh, rely on such a broken psyche as any form of a line of defense. Oh, we already give them our kids, Steve. So what's a couple tanks? No, there's that. But that gets me, that gets to my second point. It's, it's that simple from a common sense perspective, but it isn't easy from a worldview perspective. Worldview is destiny. I say it again. Worldview is destiny, and I will say it once more. Worldview is destiny. The reality is, there are only two worldviews in the history of our species. There's only two. Within those, each of those idea, within each of those worldviews, there are plethoras and multitudes of ideologies and theologies and philosophies. But the core worldview of this world is binary. God is or he isn't. That's it. Those are the core worldviews. The reality is, when you deal with Vivek Ramaswamy's worldview, which operates outside of the Judeo-Christian understanding of the world, he is in the God-isn't category from a worldview standpoint. Philosophically and ideologically, he gets a lot of things right just by a common understanding of the world. And that doesn't even necessarily mean you couldn't vote for him. This is what common grace is or what, what Aquinas was talking about with natural law, gener- what we would call, you know, post-Reformation general revelation and special revelation, right? Within, within the biblical worldview, each understanding or sect or hermeneutical tradition of the scriptures has a different spin or name on it, but largely are communicating the same thing. It's a manifestation or it's an exegesis of what Jesus meant when he said that the Lord makes the rain fall on the just and the unjust alike. And so when you are in a, when you are in a society that is heavily influenced by Christianity or a biblical worldview, you can have unbelievers who reject it still be very righteous instruments because they have been they have they have been discipled catechized on a human level not not spiritually spiritually they they have they have not reconnected with their creator they are estranged from their creator and when they die in their sins they will go to hell but because we're totally depraved and not utterly depraved we are still carrying the imago day we are still carrying the likeness and image of god within us and so in a, in a culture that is heavily catechized and discipled by a biblical worldview, you can still get people who have rejected the mercy of God to reflect it. The founding of this country is a great example. There are, among those 56 signers, some of them are in hell as we speak. They have been in torment for all of eternity as we speak. And they signed that Declaration of Independence calling upon the laws of nature and nature's God. They were not repentant of their sins. 
That's an example. That's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. But are we that culture anymore? No, we're not. And so therefore, what's the plumb line now? Here's what the plumb line is now. In those days, Israel had no king. So everyone did what was wise in their own eyes. The plumb line is, what can I do? What gets me to the point where I, where I can handle the pushback and then I no longer can? Vivek Ramaswamy is a brilliant man. He sold a company for $700 million. He is on national television arguing to give people who are literally insane access to devastating weaponry and to entrust our national defense to people who could not be trusted to to defend their own natural defense. That's crazy. And he's smarter than that. But no man rises above his own worldview. Common sense only lasts for so long. When it's just based on common sense and there is no plumb line, then common sense runs out where the level of pushback is too, is, is just, it's, 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 it's too intolerable. And you give. That's just the reality. No man rises above his own worldview. worldview. What he's arguing for in that clip would not stand up to a basic deconstruction of worldview. But he's also reflective of a lot of the current age in which we live on the right. There is a spirit of the age on the right, too. Lukewarm. Find the lowest, the lowest lying fruit. Find the cheapest talking point. Well, leave the kids alone. Leave the kids alone. But if you cut off your own ding-a-ling, here's a tank. That's your answer. How crazy does that sound? Immensely. But outside of a biblical worldview, the idea that large masses of people will have the wherewithal to stand in the gap against such insanity. Without a biblical worldview, you will try to reason with insanity. A biblical worldview will teach you there's no reasoning with insanity. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. I know people are craving more of the parallel economy. It's, it's coming. It's just developing slowly, and it's going to take some time. Thankfully, one place where it is fully developed and available right now is with a product that all of us need in this day and age. That's our mobile phones. Make the switch today, therefore, to our friends at Patriot Mobile. They are America's really last remaining American mobile phone company. And they take customer service seriously at Patriot Mobile. When you make the switch... Uh, they go out of their way uh, to make it as seamless for you as possible. And then how they continue to take care of you. For example, uh, if you move to a part of your city or state where maybe the network you were on isn't as good as other networks or part of the country 
uh, where uh, a, a network is stronger. You can switch to any of the three major networks for free anytime while you're a member of Patriot Mobile. They'll take care of that for you right away with their 100% U.S.-based customer service team. If you're a veteran or first responder, when you go to make the switch, let them know, and they've got even more ways to say thank you for your service. For the rest of us, you'll get a free activation with the offer code Steve when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Once again, patriotmobile.com slash Steve, or you can call them at 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. One quick housekeeping item I meant to get to at the top of the show, and I forgot, so let me address it right now really quickly, please, before I forget again. Tomorrow, uh, we are doing a a double header on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. We are filling in for the Hall of Fame patriarch Glenn Beck tomorrow uh, from 8 to 11 Eastern time uh, on his radio show on hundreds of stations around the country. And we are going to get heavily into tomorrow what is happening spiritually in America. That's going to be a major theme of the show tomorrow on the Glenn Beck program. You do not want to miss it. That's 8 to 11 tomorrow uh, that we'll be filling in for Glenn Beck. And then we're going to have a follow-up show right here on Blaze TV tomorrow. And we're going to spend two hours where all we're going to do is look at the biggest issues of the day that we are currently discussing and debating. And we're going to ask, is it just, is it demonic or is it Democrats? How much of it is, how much of it is just political opposition? How much of it is um, principalities in the unseen realm? All right, so we're going to get heavily into this tomorrow on Blaze TV, first filling in for Glenn Beck and then tomorrow with our own show immediately following right here uh, from uh, 10 to noon uh, or yeah, no, 11 to one, I should say. Central time, nine to yeah. noon Eastern, yeah. twelve to two. Doing all these shows, yeah. I'm confused, yeah. Yeah. and I was in another I time started, zone over the weekend. I started to panic because I thought, oh yeah. man, I gotta wake up even an hour earlier. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're noon to two Eastern tomorrow at after Glenn Beck, all right? Who is nine to noon Eastern? Okay, tomorrow. So we're on for five straight hours tomorrow, and you will be sick of us. All right. Let's bring in our good friend, Bob Vanderplatz from The Family Leader. Good to see you, my friend. How are you? I'm doing really well until I had that conversation with you guys vicariously. Uh, I have no idea what time zone I'm in right now, but go ahead. Yeah, and then you get into mountain time, and then they're, you know, are, are they doing daylight savings time or not? It just, yeah, it gets, I've been in several different time zones here the last few days. All right, let's, let's get to uh, what's going on right now in Iowa and in the uh, GOP presidential primary. First of all, some breaking news that came out here just in the last 30 minutes. Chris Sununu, a uh, popular, I don't know, worthy, because I don't live there, but popular governor of New Hampshire. High approval rating. 66% favorability was the last I saw, mm-hmm. which was down from 72%, actually. I guess when you have 72%, there's nowhere to go but down. Uh, there had been a lot of talk, if not expectation, that he was going to run for president. I actually talked to a uh, a birdie of mine who is working for the DeSantis campaign because they were just in New Hampshire uh, about two weeks ago and he met uh, uh, DeSantis did privately with Sununu if they had any kind of a vibe and uh, my birdie told me they thought it was kind of a flip of the coin whether he was going to run or not it was very vague about it mm-hmm. okay well Chris Sununu has come out now today and announced he will not seek the GOP presidential nomination he will not so um, that means we will have a traditional Iowa, New Hampshire parlay, if you will, mm-hmm. early state parlay. And, and people ask me all the time, Bob, why these two states? Well, they really represent the two sides of how you win an election. Iowa, a largely rural state, 
Uh, and so you really have to win it, shaking hands on the ground, building organization. Organization. New Hampshire, a very urban state. It's basically an adjunct of the Boston TV market. And you can have a viral moment. You can be Ronald Reagan grabs a microphone and says, I am paying for this microphone and won the New Hampshire primary on that. You can be Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. You can cry on camera. Cry. Win the, win the primary yeah. on that. So whether it's media and in big markets and viral moments or um, flyaway country places where you've got to work the ground, these are really the, the two twin methodologies of winning a national election. So I think in many respects, Iowa and New Hampshire represent those two methodologies very well with smaller sample sizes. And they're good testing grounds on how you would play yourself out on a natural on a national basis. And now we know that they are going to indeed play out the way they traditionally have. Your thoughts? Well, I think one is very good news for New Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire had to be concerned that if Sununu got into the race, what did that do to the New Hampshire primary? Do people start bypassing New Hampshire? So one, it's good for the state of New Hampshire. I think it's good for the process. Honestly, I think it's really good for Ron DeSantis. Uh, DeSantis, just like he had in Iowa, had a lot of legislators break and endorse him. In New Hampshire, he had the same thing. A lot of legislators broke and endorsed DeSantis already in New Hampshire. And so maybe Sununu saw that as well. Like, you know, listen, there's a lot of people I'm going to, you know, call out for support in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. They're already back in one of my opponents, Ron DeSantis. So I don't know what made the decision at the end of the day. Uh, I'm happy that Sununu is not running for a host of reasons. Uh, One is on these particularly good on some of our issues. Okay. Let's talk about one of our issues that has really in the last couple of years come out of nowhere. And that's the tranny issue. Oh. And then, and the tranny issue has done in about about 36 months what it took the original rainbow jihad like 20 to 30 years to do. Um, and over the weekend, Vivek Ramaswamy, one of our presidential candidates, the first, I think, to come to our state way back in January, sure. an event that I actually emceed. Um, so, and this is an individual you and I have spent a good deal of time with. Both of us have talked to extensively. Uh, he was asked the following question on national television, and here's his answer. I missed the memo where you wanted this for me. I'm sorry about that. That's totally my bad. I can summarize it for you. I, I, you I, have, like I have watched have the clip. clip. Okay. I have yeah. watched the clip where he said he would not ban uh, or reinstate the ban yes. on transgender yes. uh, people in the military. And so you wanted to go there in yes. regards to yeah. what, what's the response to that? Yeah. You know, I, first of all, I'd like to ask Vivek a little bit, you know, what is his rationale? Because it, it was right at the end. If you saw it, like, would you ban? Mm-hmm. And then would you ban again? Then all of a sudden, now the interview is over. And so I take a look at it from a coach. Now, I used to coach basketball. I didn't lead a military unit. But if you're leading a military unit, your job is to win that mission. That's it. It's not to advance social policy. It's not to advance anything else. And that's what a lot of people, when they take a look at our military, they'll make sure we're prepared to implement the mission to defeat the enemy, to protect America at all costs. So Vivek was saying, hey, listen, I'm not going to ban transgenderism because there could be somebody who was a guy, now a girl, whatever it might be, but they're the best at a fleet of drones or whatever it might be. Maybe he's got an argument there. But to say that you're going to advance social policy inside our military, I think you're seeing enough of the grassroots and enough of America saying that's not the place for it. Under what conditions would we take someone who would be willing to mutilate themselves and already has and I put have, them in charge no of idea. any form of high tech yeah. weaponry? Yeah. Why, how, how would anyone who has, has mutilated themselves of their own free will, how are yeah. they the most qualified to do anything other than seek therapy? 
Oh, exactly. And so, Steve, that's my whole thing. Saying, I would like to ask him the question because the deal is, if he's saying in this one instance, there might be somebody who would be willing or might be able to go into harm's way or maybe not even harm's way. I'm in an office operating drones. I don't know what it is, but I want to ask him more than just a end of a segment clip on that because I would disagree with him just like you would disagree in regards to we have been using our military for way too long to advance social policy into the military even with the COVID restrictions and the vaccinations the trans policies the gay policies the rainbow jihad this is not a place to advance social ideology but I would like to ask him more than at the end of that clip what's your rationale behind that and I don't know that I I think this is a worldview issue. And before you came on, I was making the point that over the years or, or throughout the years within, within Christianity, we refer to it as general revelation or common grace or natural law. It's referenced in our founding document as the laws of nature and nature's God. Sure. Um, that when you have a culture that is immersed, influenced, discipled, um, catechized, by a biblical worldview to some degree, then you can have unbelievers who, who are still outside the mercy and grace of God, who are unrepentant of their sin, have not received the only atonement that satisfies the wrath of God for their sins. But because you were discipled by that culture and still bear the image of God, you can reflect the mercy and revelation of God nevertheless um, because of what, what, what has influenced you. And there are founding fathers who signed the, de- the of, of the 56 men. I guarantee you there are at least a few mm-hmm. who, as we speak right now, are in hell. As we speak right now, never, ever, ever asked God truly for forgiveness for their sins. And yet they were able to on a, on a genuinely, but generically reflect the the, 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 the sort of surface level notions of a biblical worldview because that was the era from which they came. And I think you could apply something like that to a Hindu like R- R- Vivek if we lived in a culture like that. We don't. Not at all. And so unfortunately, you, we, the best then that a non-biblical worldview can do against this stuff is, is, to, is by common sense try to reason with it. And well, there must be something. No, there is nobody. There is anybody who is willing to mutilate themselves shouldn't be anywhere near or any line of defense at all, but should be in therapy or spiritual counseling immediately. Period. End of sentence. Do not pass go. But that's hard to say if you don't have a full commitment to a biblical worldview. And and you'll and and I think we always talk about the spirit of the age on the left, just completely given over to demonic manifestations um, and like if demons can make public policy this would be it right and i'm going to get into that tomorrow for five hours mm-hmm. here on the blaze between get glenn beck and our show what's the spirit of the age on the right a very lukewarm sort of low-lying fruit um we got there must be some way to reason with this when a biblical worldview would teach you you cannot reason with madness madness mm-hmm. cannot be reasoned with it has to be it has to be confronted. And I think what you see there from a guy who just a week ago was walking the streets of Chicago as a Republican, I, I don't think that he lacks for any basic form of, of bravery. 
I just think his worldview, we watched it expire in, in real time. It only, the elevator only goes so far. And, and it's not just Vivek, who, who obviously, and he's very open. I, I don't share the Christian faith. I share the Christian virtues and values and those things, but I don't share the Christian faith. There's a whole Christian generation here that's being influenced way more by the culture than by the church and the, and, and the timeless word of God. Right on. My thing to Vivek, because I was surprised when I saw, saw that clip, to be quite honest. I, I was just surprised, and I got it sent to me by several people. It says, B, how would I assume the best with him and ask the question? Is there a situation that Lee, is it Lee Lynn Thomas? Who, who's the swimmer? Leah. Le, Leah Thomas, who used to be, do you know what Will, his name? Will, William Thomas. William Thomas, yeah. So William Thomas, who becomes Leah Thomas, whatever, is there a situation where that guy could serve in the military in any way, shape, or form that would benefit us to accomplish in our mission. And the only thing, Steve, that I could actually come up with in my own mind is, is he very bright in technology that could operate this new warfare in regards to drones and those things? I don't know. That would be my question of Vivek. Why would you say you would not reinstate the ban on transgenders? Because all of us have lived in the still, but we want to use the military to advance a social construct, not to defeat the enemy and not to secure our borders. I, I think this is a far different issue than the basic homosexuality issue, even though they are one is the result of the other. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I, I Well, the reason they have escalated so fast, you're talking about they've advanced in three years, what took them three decades before. Mm -hmm. They're riding on the back of the LGBT movement. Mm -hmm. And two is you're also seeing a culture that's just not drifting away from God anymore. It's in a dead sprint right. away from God Correct. right now. Correct. And the reason being is if you're usually not having sex in public, and no one is physically capable of just perpetually having sex all the time, which means at some period of time, whether you like to have sex with people of the same sex or the other sex, you're doing something other than having sex, right? You're somebody other than who you are when you're having sex, right? And so provided you don't demand of me, now the rainbow jihad does, but there are other people, people that work even in our own history, like, you know, our former colleague here at The Blaze, Dave Rubin, is an example, mm -hmm. that do not demand I acknowledge and affirm exactly. who, their, their behavior in order to find other things about them that I find admirable or commendable or in common. Mm -hmm. And then, then, then it becomes, then it just simply becomes, I have, I have a log in my eye too. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we all are sinners and all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now we're just sinners. We might be on different paths. We might be headed in different directions, but we have the one thing we both have in common is we are both sinners in need of God's grace. This is different. What this is saying is you must acknowledge that I am an ingrate, that I have taken the way God made me and defiled it. And you cannot find anything else about me that is com that we have in common at all until you join me in shaking your fist and shaking my fist mm -hmm. at God. Th because now that I've done this myself, that is all that, that I am that all the time. I am this bearded lady all the time. I am Caitlyn. I am Bruce turned Caitlyn Jenner, mm -hmm. which is a ridiculous who he is a ridiculous caricature of what boys who grew up in the eighties that watched too much porn thought a woman looked like. Mm -hmm. All right. Massive fake boobs, way too much makeup, massive hair. It's a caricature. It's not real, but I can't, I can't get beyond that. 
because that's who we that's who we made himself to be so therefore i never get to who else are you what else are you what are you in total when you're not this because i have my own sins i have my own sins that i like but they're not me all the time either you're asking me to acknowledge and embrace this in all things i can't engage you without joining you in denying reality which is denying god and that's the problem with this that's what makes this different you know i would agree with you on that i think it's gonna be interesting to find out what are the other candidates response going to be to this i i really want to see where the and we're going to be able to see what are the other candidates response to this my thing, Steve, where you're going at there as well is that we all fall short of the glory of God. We're all in need of a Savior. I feel like Paul most days. I am the worst of the worst. I do need a Savior. So therefore, you know, in whatever way it is, my deals in the military is I want the best of the best. I just don't want you to force my your ideology on me. Whatever Bob's ideology is or whatever Todd's ideology or anybody's, do not force that on me. I just want the best of the best to accomplish my mission. And if that's what Vivek thinks in some way, I would not institute a transgender ban. Maybe he's got a rationale there. I don't see it, but I want to hear from him. All right. Thank you, brother. Good to see you. Good to see you. All right. We'll come back. It'll be your turn. Now you get to ask the questions. I've asked a few here this hour. It'll be your turn to ask me anything. Questions coming from our Facebook following right here on The Blaze next. here on the Steve Day Show here on Blaze Media. want to congratulate our friends over at Media Matters who will, I'm sure, be writing about this last segment uh, later today, helping us get the word out that we should not have clinically insane people uh, as any fo- with broken psyches as any form of a line of defense, let alone with access to any form of high-tech weaponry whatsoever. I mean, we were just talking about this during the break. Yes. I mean, I... Who, raise your hand if you're a Christian and you've watched pro-life, pro-life activists get arrested. Um, you watched a, uh, a trainee activist shoot up a Christian school recently. Raise your hand if you feel real comfortable with the idea of putting someone who is clinically insane mutilated themselves with control over drone technology. Raise your hand if you're real comfortable with that. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. And I know these questions suck. I'm not saying they're simple. I'm not saying they're easy. They're awful, they're hard, and they're terrible. But we, we did this to ourselves. And we, we have put ourselves in a position now that we're going to have to navigate dramatically complicated moral quandaries no previous generation did because we have chosen as a people to also shake our fist at God. And that's ultimately why it's revival or bust. I mean, Bob was saying during the break, he thinks every presidential candidate would probably give us a a, a similar answer, even DeSantis. And what did I tell him? They will all be wrong. No matter what their names are, they would all be wrong. Under no conditions should we be giving high-tech weaponry, should we be putting people who are clinically insane in the military? No way. No way. 
just shouldn't happen. No previous generation would have done it in a million years. And the fact that this one is contemplating it or actively doing it means you could very well be living in the last generation of this formerly great country. That's not my fault for saying it. It's our collective fault for rebelling against our creator. And this is the, these are the positions you put yourself in when you do this. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Steve at SteveDace.com, D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook, Me, We, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Gitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also leave us a five-star review if you like the podcast. If you don't, maybe just keep that to yourself. Uh, you can also hit subscribe or follow as well on the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks to all of you who did uh, either or both of those things. This reminds me a little bit of out of nowhere during the 2016 primary. I found out, I didn't know what my candidate Ted Cruz's position was on drafting women. I had no idea that this was suddenly a debate. And out of nowhere, Rubio, Christie, all these candidates in the GOP primary start taking this position that we need to draft our daughters. I, I only found out that Cruz was against it when he said so in a debate. I mean... We grilled him on every issue. I did, personally. He wanted grilled on every issue when he was a candidate. This never came up. None of us had any idea this was even an issue or under of any consideration is the drafting of our daughters. That's savagery. Pagan countries didn't do that. Send the child-bearing women off to war while the, the able-bodied men stay behind? That's just savagery. Not even pagans did such things. But suddenly, out of nowhere, some memo went out. I guess all the Republicans got their Raytheon memos. And suddenly we're going to draft our daughters now. This kind of reminds me a little bit of that. Except now, we don't know what a daughter is. If your nation needs insane people to defend it, your nation is insane. And I'm not... I'm not comfortable at all given the level of violence I have seen from people with who have adopted this worldview and have embraced it and implanted it upon themselves, not comfortable at all, giving them access to high-tech military on behalf of a federal government who, which is weaponized against me. Am I wrong? Oh, God, no. I'm so... This... This would be disappointing thinking if all the trains were running on time, theoretically, in every other part of the culture, and we had just, like, sexual libertinism was just kind of the way things were going. It'd be insane then. But this whole notion that the, the, this, the transgendered could some this is just their fetish, but in every other way, they're just like you and me. Have you seen them dancing in the streets and what they're doing to children? Also, by the way, let's say if, if, they're, if they're a really good lawyer, a really good engineer or something like that, th that you'd uh, think like, okay, you do this over here, that's your private time. A, it's not private. B, but have you seen in the last three years on Trust the Experts on COVID and how exactly. that went? Enough of this. It's not going well anywhere. It's time to choose reality or insanity. That is and an excellent point. We're <laughs> that's an excellent point. It's the best point that's been made about this yet, actually. Thank you. So the, the very people that trusted the spirit of the age 
that is trying to wreck us, that we have visibly watched try openly to wreck us, depopulate us, to kill us, to declare us non-essential, to let us die in hospitals, and that's when they're not giving us drugs with black box warnings, or poison us and turn us into chattel with ongoing experiments on behalf of companies you can't sue. And someone who is a firstborn ideological progeny of such quote-unquote science says, yes, I will submit the most intimate aspects of who I am as a person to these butchers and let them mutilate me. That's what we want to entrust the national defense to? Not no, but hell no. I don't care who says it. Whoever gives Vivek's answer, he's wrong. Whoever gives it is wrong. If, if, if we're at the position, you know what? If we're at the position where we need the clinically insane who shake their fist at God openly to, save a, to protect our God-given rights, you don't have any more God-given rights. Put a placard, shave your head, full Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the stand. Shave your head, put the placard on over your shoulders, get out in the streets, wave the bell, bring out your dead. This thing's over. This is a pointless exercise. What are we doing here? This is a fitting lead-in to uh, Ask Me Anything. Because it it was... I was wondering if this was going to be an awkward Uh, segue, actually. It it was heavy. It was heavy. All right. Let's get to Ask Me Anything. Brought to you by our friends over at ExpressVPN. When you use ExpressVPN as an app, you can change your online location. So not only are you protecting your privacy, but you can outsmart a lot of the streaming services out there who don't let you have access to parts of their catalogs here in the States uh, that you can get elsewhere in the world because you can change your IP and say, hey, I am coming in from South Korea or Italy or all points in between because there are dozens of titles, whether it is Netflix or Apple TV, Amazon Prime, that you can get access to by being in other parts of the world that you can't get access to here in the United States. Just one of the perks of protecting your online security with our friends over at ExpressVPN. All right. Uh, just it's less than $7 a month. ExpressVPN pays for itself and so much more. If you want way more shows, save money. And while you're at it, Save your IP address and your data. Go to expressvpn.com slash Steve. Express, V, P, as in Paul, N, as in Nancy. VPN.com slash Steve. Expressvpn.com slash Steve to learn more and save more and find out how to get three free months. Three extra months for free when you sign up at expressvpn.com slash Steve. All right, let us get to the Ask Me Anything. Todd has, of course, accumulated and curated the questions, none of which I have seen. And Aaron, you get to blindsign me. Let's go. We'll begin with Ken McGuff, who has this to say. God intended for his people to be self-governed like the Israelites before us. We as a people keep searching or wanting someone else to do all the work of governance. How do we successfully encourage our fellow citizens to get off the couch? History shows there are only two ways citizens will do what you are asking. Uh, One, they are backed into a corner and have no other alternative but to do so, meaning all other comforts, uh, all other idols um, have been, uh, via the, the current oppressive tyranny, have been removed, taken away. 
So the things that we would self-medicate with, we no longer have access to. Uh, basics, uh, needs, and services, we no longer have uh, direct access to. So we're left with no other alternative but to fight. This is right in your Declaration of Independence, right? Humanity is, well. what's the exact uh, phraseology, is willing to suffer uh, through... Well, evils are sufferable. Yeah, yeah, while evils are sufferable. To suffer such evil while evils are sufferable, I think is what it says, or something thereabouts. So that's the first way. Just a, uh, it, Basically, the, the, the human instinct is more motivated now by the uh, the need for survival because that's the only other option left over all the other previous comforts it was it was given in the past I don't know you'll ever get there with, with the with the Chinese learned in the 20th century is that you can keep a people satiated for an indeterminate amount of time this is what they did post Tiananmen Square uh, they learned you can keep a people satiated in, for an indeterminate amount of time if you actually give them modernity now you you control it you police it but you give them modernity you give them access to the latest creature comforts you control the message and they're fine being controlled it's the not having access to those things at all that they rebel against and that's what your declaration is talking about human beings are prone to suffer such things while such evils are tolerable or sufferable the other is revival the other way that people will say, I can't abide this, is the recognition, Jesus is Lord, not the state. We have no king but Jesus. But minus those two instincts, there is nothing you can do. Nothing. And I would include being personally hurt in the first group. Like if, if you were someone who never really looked into medical autonomy and medical freedom. And now suddenly you've got myocarditis. Now you've got skin in the game, right? And that brings it home to you. What I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is minus suffering or revival. Human civilizations don't strive for anything other than some variation of control and which controller and form of control they prefer. And that is, that's the, the long arc of 7,000 years of recorded human history. That's it. David Geiger says, I just finished reading through Exodus and Leviticus. I know that man cannot fully understand God's ways, but I'm perplexed why so much of the last part of Exodus is about the details of the tabernacle and the priest's garments, and so much of Leviticus repeatedly details the animal sacrifices. Should we non-denominational Christians toss out the Hawaiian shirts and more closely follow God's directives? Well, as a general rule, within there are there were several different kinds of laws. There were religious laws, ceremonial laws. There was moral laws. All right, um, and the 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 early church did debate this, and I've talked about this many, many times before when these kinds of questions have come up. Um, one of the first councils of the church is held in the Book of Acts in Jerusalem, because you have to remember that originally this was an exclusively Jewish argument. Jesus is Jewish. The disciples are all Jewish. The people who arrested him, Jewish. The people who took him to Pilate, Jewish. So the whole argument, everybody on every side of the argument is Jewish. Pilate doesn't care about the argument. He's just looking for a political way out. 
when he asked Jesus, you know, who are you and you know, what's your mission? What are you here for? And he tells him, for this reason, I came into the world to testify that and Pilate's dismissive. Like, what is truth? I'm a politician here. I don't, I don't care. You know, I'm just trying to, I want to make sure I don't have an uprising on my, on my hands. Give me something here. He's disinterested. But the real core of the argument is an exclusively Jewish one originally. And so they didn't necessarily wrestle with the questions that you're asking because they all came from the same tradition, from the same revelation, the same tribe. But now they start taking, because Jesus told them to, okay, so uh, first to Jerusalem and then to Judea and then to Samaria, which they viewed as largely pagan, and then to the ends of the earth. So now, now they're, 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 they're branching out in the Great Commission and they're going to the wider world. The Gentile world, right? And so, in 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 the in the in the Old Testament, ex- exclusively Old Testament biblical worldview, the the world is divided strictly into two camps: Jews and Gentiles. Meaning those who those who have received God's revelation and law, and therefore know Him, and those who don't. Okay, and um, when they were all just Jews arguing with Jews, the argument, and you see this a lot when Paul would go to synagogues, he's using the Old Testament to try to make the case that Christ is the Messiah. But now, Jesus said, hey, take this mission or this, this message to the ends of the earth. And now they're going to these Gentile places. People are uncircumcised, they're eating all forms of food and everything else. And, and so what to do now with these new believers who are coming in? And they've got a lot more vowels in their name than the Jews do because there aren't a lot of vowels in Hebrew. So what do we do with all these new people? And so they get together and they have a council. And they, they come to the conclusion as church leaders guided by the Holy Spirit that it's not a requirement to go out and circumcise 35-year-old men. That, that that there were aspects of that law which were meant just for God's people at that period in time. And Jesus said, remember, I didn't come to cancel the law, but to fulfill it. But that the moral law has always existed. It existed before Moses came down from Sinai. And it exists now. And so they write a letter in the book of Acts. To their, to their new Gentile Christians, what's expected of them. And you can see that what's expected of them is to maintain the moral law, to live uh, a life worthy of the calling they have received, as Paul would later describe it. So that's the meta question, or the meta answer to your big question about going back and keeping those laws. Now, then we get to a more micro answer to that question. And you can have a couple of different answers to your question. The, the first one is God is often described as holy. What does that mean? It means to be set apart. God set apart a people for himself. The Jewish people. He set them apart for himself the nation of Israel. Every aspect of the law, none of it is frivolous. 
None of it is random. The things that we don't understand today aren't frivolous or random. We just don't understand them today because they aren't a part of the world in which we live today. But things like boiling young goats in mother's milk. So these are things, these are references to religious practices. They're not just random. You are to be set apart. You are not to live the way these pagans do. You're to be a light to other nations. And therefore, the way you live will be seen as different than everybody else. And they will ask you why. Remember, Israel is planted here in the Fertile Crescent. In one of the most strategic land masses in the, in the ancient world. Almost every major empire in the world would have either bordered Israel or would be uh, bordered by a nation that bordered Israel at this time. So despite the fact it's a country, I think, about the size of New Hampshire... It, it would have unique influence. You, it's people and their distinctiveness would be noticed by everybody. Why are you like this? Why are you just the husband of one wife? Why do you have these years of Jubilee where you cancel debt? Why such a meticulous instrument like a tabernacle? Why? All of it was devised to demonstrate the holiness of God and therefore the distinctiveness of his people to be set apart, different from the rest of the world, to be a light to other nations. Whether it's the way they eat, the way they dressed, etc. It's to show their distinctiveness. They were different. Now, we know today there are some scientific rationales to certain, like, for example, Levitical food laws, right? Not a lot of people have a a cod allergy. Not a lot of people have a trout allergy, but a lot of people have a shellfish allergy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Why were they? So you're largely talking about sea creatures that kind of live at the bottom of the food chain, which means they are accumulating. What else goes on within that ecosystem throughout the bottom of the food chain? Where do you, where do the, where do the sharks go to the bathroom? Like a rest area? The, people, the, the beings at the top of the food chain, where do they go? In the water. So there, there are, I mean, you, if, you eat, if you eat a diet high in the kinds of saturated fats that come from pigs compared to cleaner animals, you're going to be at a higher likelihood of heart disease. Even today, with our modern farming techniques. What do you think it was like in the ancient world? What do you think farming pigs was like in the ancient world compared to even what it is now? Pigs will still eat anything now, right? Mm -hmm. Now, we have have better technology in order to do something about that, but they'll still eat literally anything now. What do you think it was like in the ancient world? And, of course, what you eat, what's the old saying? You are what you eat, Mm -hmm. right? So there are practical aspects of this that we can look at at now with modern dietary and, uh, and food science and see that... Some of these things also had to do with health, not just even distinctiveness. But, in the, but a New Testament understanding ultimately begins with the first point that I made. Jesus has fulfilled the law. We are not required to live by the law. We are required to obey him. And to live a life worthy of the calling that we have received. And that... That is a moral law that predates even Moses 
and Mount Sinai. Does that answer the question? Yeah. I, I think we are so used to our freedom and it's turned into, you know, a, an addiction to libertinism, even as Christians in many ways. We're like, God understands uh, our incarnate nature and that we, it's not simply a matter of assent and then autopilot. We have it, it, it in many. We need to be fine-tuned. We need to sacrifice. There, it, whether the body is on the cross or not, in a Catholic or a Protestant church, that cross is there. That suffering, the opposite of comfort. It is who we are, and that that detailed notion, even when it's glorified in terms of gold and things like that, that we are. Uh, it's a narrow gate. And there are many, many details that are meant to focus us mind, body, on spirit, on that unique creation, not just so that other people see it, but so that we are transformed. Just like my, uh, my daughter's boyfriend uh, went to boot camp. He came back different that by, by design. The same thing. People of faith, we are not, I've said this just a couple, we're not supposed to look like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And if we look like everybody else outside, what do you think the inside is going to look like? Probably like everybody else. We are transformed by, Steve, you've said so many ways. Uh, This entire, before COVID, you've always been honest about who you are, how you live. Well, the way you live, how you spend, you you know, what you watch, playing video games. you, You have conditioned yourself, though, with these things to live on a narrow road. Because you said, if I didn't do these things, I know myself, I've learned, my faith has taught me, if I don't live in this narrow gate and confine myself with these behaviors, what happens? Yeah. All hell starts breaking loose. I have to discipline myself this Mm -hmm. way. This goes for everybody else, too. That the point of the Old Testament ways of of living, where again, it, it it, it was a means of boot camp. And it's one that didn't end. You can't just live however you want to. You can't just think however you think. But what we want to think. We're finding that out right now. And the way we try to triangulate how we can still be, have all of this Americana, when it's clearly falling apart. The whole thing is falling apart of our area eyes. Yes, we, one way or the other, whether it looks exactly like the Old Testament, we absolutely need to look more like that in terms of our discipline, how we orient ourselves, how narrowly we tailor uh, our, our interests. I, I'm just adding on to what you already said, Steve, and said beyond this question. Steve has been telling you for a very, very long time how your life, his life does not look like it used to. And he uses the thing he even used to do now as way, as, I, I think is one of the greatest ministries Steve has told you about his, uh, all his heirs in his past life. We all have them, but uh, but it, Steve's driving the ship. It's the Steve Day Show. He's given you many, many blessings. Like, I, I do these things so my my path is narrow. That's exactly why the ancient Israelites did it. If they lived just like everybody else, mm-hmm. in many of the bells and whistles and things like that, look how high, many highs and lows the nation of Israel had trying to live narrowly. Right, right. Look, look, look how much, look how often Israel failed yes. with these direct and specific instructions granted to them. What would they have done without them? Exactly. I just saw this tweet from um, one of our loyal listeners, Meg Brock, our Pennsylvania yeah, mama, yeah, bear, mama bear, I should say. There's a new Philadelphia... Tour- I'm just going to read her tweet, and I'm looking at the commercial right now. A new Philadelphia tourism ad features drag queens reading to young kids outside of Independence Hall. 
Yeah. Find every person who is attracted to come to Philadelphia for defiling children this way and arrest every single one of those damn bastards immediately in a nanosecond once they arrive without hesitation. Every last one of them. And while they await trial, throw them in a hole and throw away the hole. Hopefully I gave Media Matters another article to write today. This is a great example. It ties into this question because what we, we won't do anymore, this is what the pagan hordes are doing. They have their ceremony. They have their narrow gate. You will conform to us. You will look like this. You will bow like this. They do it because they understand right with children. They get them and then they, the outside transforms them on the inside. They understand the power of faith. They understand the power of religion. We, the supposed heritage of Judeo-Christianism, don't anymore. No, this whole thing isn't going to come down to the superior, this thing called America isn't going to come down to the superior plan, to the superior ideology to the superior, superior policy, but to the superior conviction, period. That's it. They have their vestments. They have their ta- tabernacles. Yes. They have their sacrifices. My God, they are, uh, call them zealous, call out whatever you want. They are people of faith, we're, radical we're, faith. We're sitting here having a conversation off the air with arguably the most influential Christian conservative leader in America, And if he's not in total, he at the very least is for the next eight months, right? We're sitting here having a conversation with, at least for the next eight months, the most influential Christian conservative leader in America about whether someone who is clinically insane has a role at all in our national defense in the city of Philadelphia where this country's independence was forged is running ads for you to be a tourist, ask yourself, what kind of tourist would be attracted to come to your fair city there, Philadelphian, with this message? What kind of, what kind of tourist gets attracted by a message like this? I doubt it's the homeschool family who is thinking of making a patriotic summer class trip. Who, 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 who responds to this kind of messaging and says, yes, yes, Philadelphia looks like the, yeah. looks like the place for me. Hmm. And we're debating whether or not I know. there's a place for tranny madness in the military. And Philadelphia is saying, come here. Come here, groomer. Come here, perv. Creeper. And have at our children. No, brother and sister. No, no. This is coming down to one thing and one thing only. Conviction. Because we are not a nation of laws. And we never have been. We are a nation of political will or conviction, and we always will be. More of your questions in a moment. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. Don't forget about our friends at My Patriot Supply. If you're at home right now and you're thinking, you know, The fact that we are debating whether or not Corporal Klinger should be the next head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff may mean this thing 
This thing could go sideways real fast. You're right. <laughs> right. You're right. All right. So that's why I want to get a hold of our hold of our friends over at My Patriot Supply. Uh, get their three month emergency food kit. That's breakfast, lunch, dinner even drinks and snacks. Uh, And you can save up to $200 on each kit, not your bill. That'd be nice to save that on the bill, but $200 on each kit these last for three months should it go down and go sideways. And they stay fresh with proper storage for well over 20 years. So you'll be prepared uh, once and for all. If you go to preparewithdace.com, did I mention breakfast, lunch, dinner, even drinks and snacks, the full complement of the 2,000 plus calories that you need per day. Preparewithdace.com, yet again, that is preparewithdace.com. All right, let us continue with our Ask Me Anything. Aaron, you're up. Susan Koshevar says, people trying to discredit Ron DeSantis point to his big donors. What do you think? Is there any validity to this claim? I like Ron, and he kept the country pinned to the edge of the cliff and dragged other governors in his direct, uh, direction. He saved the country long enough for us to find another day. I read his book. He references the Federalist Papers many times. He does not seem like a WEF guy. I'm going to pause. Because I... I need to remember it's it's only June 5th. And even though our audience is going to be and audiences like we hear of it here at the Blaze are going to be very much more on the cutting edge of being informed than your typical consumer of information out there, right? They still aren't as as cursed as we are to be as intimately involved in it all the time as we are because it's what we do for a living. So I need to remember this is still new to people, all right? So let me let me repeat what I said. When the primary really began in earnest, I laid down some rules of engagement, some ground rules for how we're going to behave here on the show. I mean this respectfully. Your question's irrelevant. It doesn't mean it's not a good question. And in many cycles, it would be a prudent vetting tool. In this cycle, we have a very unique vetting tool because we have a very unique circumstance. And I hope that everyone listening to me hears me very carefully. And if you don't this time, chances are I'm going to have to say this many, many more times over the course of the next 10 months. Chances are a year from now, this thing will be over, okay, one way or the other. So for the next 10 months, you're going to probably hear me say the following a lot. Donald Trump has been president of the United States. He has a record. On the biggest stage in the world. Ron DeSantis is currently and has been the governor of Florida. One of the largest stages in this country. It is the third largest state in the union. The top two, California and Texas, are places that currently one party or the other just isn't relevant on a statewide basis. Republicans in California, Democrats in Texas. Therefore, this is the largest contested state in the union. It voted for Barack Obama not once, but twice. So, next to the presidency, it could be argued that the biggest stage an executive can have in our form of government... And in the time in which we live is governor of Florida. 
Another way of saying this is the two guys who are 99.5% most likely to be the GOP nominee have each performed on the record on the two largest stages of governance provided in America for the executive branch. There is therefore no need to bust out Rubik's Cubes. I'll make Todd's daily Rube Goldberg machine reference for him so you can check that off your bingo card. Done, Todd. I got that in for you. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, complex. Uh, is that a lower? Is is that photo of Carl Rove sniffing the Johnson of Ron DeSantis? Is that a Laura Loomer Photoshop, or an actual photo of the Florida inaugural ball? No need. None of that matters, and it's all a distraction. Not to mention many of the large donors now donating to DeSantis previously gave to Trump, because that's what large donors do: give to the guy that they think is in charge and/or going to win. All that matters. Now, let me rephrase that. That's wrong on my part. What mostly or what matters most, it's not all that matters, right? One of these two guys could reveal something in their character that would instantly become prevalent. Mm -hmm. Correct. Okay. So I shouldn't say it's not all. I shouldn't say it's all that all that matters. I was wrong to say that. That's my bad. What matters most, therefore, though, is their records. Just look at their records. The rest of this, this isn't... um, vetting um, freshman Senator A versus businessman who's never held office B versus uh, congressman who's only been in minority C versus television personality D. No. These guys have records. And just look at their records and compare their actual records. And if one of them or both of them are not willing to run on those records or be vetted primarily in accordance with those records, that is not a good look, therefore, for the one or both of them not willing, right? So what are their records? Human relationships are complicated. I have friends I wouldn't vote for dog catcher. I have people I cannot freaking stand that I think would be really good in public office one day and pretty much are now. Human relationships are complicated. The records are plain. Maybe Ron DeSantis or Donald, maybe Donald Trump did something for a donor that they really liked, cut him a check. And Ron DeSantis didn't, and that's why they didn't. We don't know. You know, we do know the records. What are their records? Start there. Go back to the records again. When you're done going through the records, double back. Go through them once more. When you've done it a third time, hit reset. Go back to the records and go through them all over again. In fact, I'll just say this. Don't ever stop going through their actual records because that's what matters. Everything else is BS. BS, spin, narrative, Everything else is BS. What are their records? That's what matters the most. Next up, Dave Howard has this. 
On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being the likelihood Steve Dace will be wearing scarlet and gray and housing in an 8 by 11 glass dish of green bean casserole on the kickoff weekend of college football. So not high. And 10 being the likelihood <laughs> Fox News will commemorate Pride Month with a new show at the 8 p.m. slot called Tucked, hosted by T- Caitlyn Jenner. Oh my. With a weekly segment called Getting to the Bottom with special guest Lindsey Graham. Oh my. What are the odds that the same bureaucratic caterwallers, that's a word I have not said for a long time, that got Joe Camel removed from cigarette packages will do the same to Budweiser for having a 14-year-old advertise on their product to kids? He's talking about uh, Dylan Mulvaney, of course, I, who I know, pretends for, to be I, I a need to do this, teenager. I need to do this. I am not worthy. <laughs> I, I am I am not worthy of the caliber of that question. I mean, how you were able to mix that many metaphors and references into one proposition, I, I feel as if I would be defiling it, tainting it, by reducing it to an answer. When really, the question in and of itself is 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 just sheer brilliance that just saying it out loud, has its own effect. If we could, we would let you host the next yes, GOP we would. debate right now, yes, just we based would. on the power of that question. Yeah, yes, we would. And so I am simply going to respond by saying, thank you for letting me be a part of this. All right. Next up, we go to Christine Marie. It appears more companies are deliberately sacrificing themselves on the altar of transgenderism instead of learning from Budweiser and Target. Watching Glenn Beck's Wednesday night special last week, he laid out how corporations like pharmaceutical companies Pfizer and Moderna are making money hand over fist through contracts with the military-industrial complex, where they've been given the directive from the Biden administration to self-regulate. Do you think these woke agendas by major companies could be intentional to tank the average American's investment accounts and pensions? For example, investment firms like BlackRock and Vanguard move the average investor's funds into the woke companies in an attempt to further tank our economy and force the digital dollar. Christine, that is brilliant. Brilliant. I'm going to make it a little simpler, though, while saying everything you said is correct. I believe it's in Acts 2 that it says about the early church and they shared and held everything in common. That is the answer. Now, Acts 2 is not advocating for communism. What's going on in Acts? They're, 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 they're being persecuted. They are attempting to launch an insurgency on a cultural level. On the left, the total state, Rome. On the right, the religious leaders who do not believe Jesus is the Messiah and that they are preaching a false doctrine, a bastardization of the law of Moses and the the Torah. They are under constant threat from each of these entities for different reasons. One, on an intellectual level, on a theological level, they're having a theological intellectual debate. The other, physically, politically. And so they understood 
that they needed to take care of one another. They, had, they were their own subculture. And that this is how they would survive as a religion. Practically. They would share the things that they had in common. And this bond was, was so important that a famous moment, or infamous, depending on your opinion of it, moment in Acts was of a very wealthy couple who had promised that they would sell off their properties and donate to the cause, except they didn't keep their promise. And Peter calls them, makes them come correct on it. They still lie, and they're struck dead. They slandered the brethren. They lied to the Holy Spirit. They pocketed some of their own money that they had pledged to give away. Why is that relevant to your question? Because everything that God and his kingdom do, the enemy and his counterfeit. This is what they're doing. They are insulating themselves from people like us. Now, I am not saying there is no price point that you cannot break Target and Budweiser. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that you haven't come close to it yet because of what, because of your question. They're keeping all things in common. Now we would, we would call it a feedback loop. They would call it a movement. And they're absolutely doing the things that you lay out, Christine, in your email to share things in common to insulate themselves. They're launching an insurgency against a culture too. And they practically know that they need to be able to financially survive for that insurgency to have any chance of success. So the enemy and his kingdom are emulating this. They're sharing all things in common too. Because what we're up against is a rival religion. It manifests itself as fascism, Marxism, cultural Marxism, wokeism. But really what it is, is a demonic manifestation of a rival religion. That's really what it is. Next up, we go to Anthony Fava. At what point is The Chosen, that's the TV series, affirming homosexuality behind the scenes not a reflection of the Jesus they seek to portray and an indication that no one on that set knows who Jesus is? Seems too many Christians do not want to admit that the show is and always has been tainted simply because it, quote unquote, portrays Jesus. Well, I watched the entire first season. It's all I've seen. I did not see a show that was tainted. So I, I don't share that opinion, but I've not watched the latter season. So maybe things prop up that I'm not yet aware of. As to your other question, though, um, when it becomes clear that it has spilled over to the product that you see on screen. And, I mean, I, I can't imagine, I, I can just tell you right now, hell no. Was anyone flying a pride flag on the nefarious set? Hell no, was that ever happened? Not in a million years. Not in a million freaking years. And I can't even imagine why anyone would think they'd even try to get away with that. Like, what is the atmosphere on set 
and within your production that would make people think that's kosher on any level at all. Now, we had people with different beliefs on our set. <clears throat> the guy who played our priest, he disappeared on us. We didn't hear hide nor hear from after shooting the movie for like a year. And then he showed up in the comment section of a video uh, review and claiming how much he liked how the movie turned out, but he doesn't think it's about demonic possession. It's really about a psychological trauma. That's not what the movie's about. So I mean, he's entitled to his own opinions, though. He is not entitled to control the narrative, though, on our set. That was just never happening. Not in a million years. You know, I, I can't even imagine how I would have reacted to visit my set to see a rainbow flag on it. And you know what? Do you think I even worried about that? No. No. Because I wouldn't have done business with people that would have put me in a position where I thought I had to worry about such things. It was just never going to happen. It was just unthinkable, unspeakable. You're welcome to have your own opinion on your own time. You are not welcome to have your opinion on ours. Thank you, though. Well, find someone else to do your job. Because sooner or later, bad company corrupts good character. So to me, the, the line of what you permit that goes on around you, when, when is it time to pull away, is when it, it, it clearly seeps into then the overall product that you do see before you. That's when I would do it. All right, we're going to stick around. Wow, we ran out of time quick. This went by fast. All right, we are going to do overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we will see you next week. Next week. We will see you tomorrow. Five full hours going to feel like a week. Five hours of Steve Days tomorrow right here on The Blaze, starting at the Glenn Beck uh, program. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Days. On The Blaze Radio Network.